Hello and welcome, friends, to another edition of Sustainability Now with me, Justin Mogg, your host here on Forward Radio. We are WFMP LP Louisville. We broadcast from here in the historic Habern Building at 106.5 FM and live stream to the world at forwardradio.org. And this is radio for the people, by the people, and the people can get involved in the station. Become a member today at forwardradio.org. We rely entirely on your financial contributions to keep us on the air, and it only costs 20 bucks a day. What a steal for this great community treasure. And then we also rely on your voices to make this media that matters. We want volunteers behind the microphones and behind the scenes helping keep this station running. And you can do that at forwardradio.org. Well, what we do here on community radio and on my program is bring in folks from around the community who are doing the good work of sustainability. And when I think about sustainability being social, economic, and environmental concerns, one model that I'll always pops in my mind is a farmer's market because you're you're really building community you're uh, localizing your economy right you're not shipping in goods from who knows where produced who knows how right uh it's a place you can actually go to know the people who produce the things you need and that's why we're going to highlight farmer's markets today especially a new one that's just started up it's it's only a week old as far as i know and it's uh, coming up again this saturday it's the shively farmer's market and farmers and artisans market it's more than just produce my friends and i've got three folks in the virtual studio with me to tell me all about it letitia marshall is back on the program again from you know her from our wonderful interview about her bear fruit and grow organization <laughs> what's up letitia What's going on, Justin? Hey, <laughs> it's so it's good, good to, have to be you back. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and your family's gotten bigger since you were last on. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> we have a three-month-old in the house. Can you believe it? Oh my gosh. So I am trying to get everything done that I possibly can. But yes, we're excited that she's finally arrived. Yes, and your growing has gotten bigger too. Like you are growing more than ever, right? <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, we definitely expanded the the garden farm this year, and so we're excited. I couldn't have done it though without volunteers. Yeah, um, so that, I'm very grateful. That's yeah, true. For the community jumping in there. I was happy to be one of those volunteers while you were yeah, still you pregnant. Were. Yeah, that was fun. I, it was great to see your operation <laughs> down there in Shively. Uh, we also you. also another co market manager with you is uh, Andrew Goodman, who I'm having the pleasure of meeting today. Welcome, Andrew. Hi there. Thank you. <laughs> Great to have you here. And finally, uh, we've got a Shively City Council member, Chanel Thompson, is joining us. Welcome, Chanel. Well, hello, Justin. How are you doing this afternoon? Oh, I am great. It's lovely to meet you and have three Shivelians. Is that what you're called on the program today? <laughs> <laughs> citizens of Shively. Um, I want to I want to start off seriously, though, talking a little bit about what a special place Shively truly is, right? I want to learn more about it because I only get to go there from time to time. But are any of y'all natives to Shively? Is that but it's all your home now, right? Yeah, I've been in Shively for almost a decade. Wow, so I okay. consider it to be my home. Yeah. Um, I'm not a native of Louisville, but I've been in Louisville since 2004. So I feel like I've, you know, might as well be born and raised. All right. Um, but yeah, incredibly blessed to be here and raise my family. Wow. How about you, Andrew? So originally from rural Kentucky, but have lived here for about 12 years. Okay. In Shively and in Louisville, maybe 14 years. Okay. I really love it here, though. Yeah. And Chanel, you, I assume you're a resident as a city council person. Well, yes. Actually, I'm a Louisvillian. Been here all my life. Love to travel. But I've been in Shively 21 years. Wow. Uh, this past May, 
has been 21 years, and this is actually my fifth year on city council. I'm in my third term. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Excellent. And thank, thank you for that public service. That's important work. So Shively is a really diverse uh, place to be right now in the city, but it, it wasn't always that way, right? And in fact, uh, Shively is, is sort of renowned in Louisville for its segregationist history. You know, this, this wasn't always a, a safe place for black folks to be in our city, right? No, it was not an area for prominent Blacks. Currently, I'm going to say within the last 12 years, maybe 10, uh, prior to that, no, it was not. Um, we have a history here in Shively. I don't know if you know about it, but we just had a groundbreaking for the Wade and Bradens. That's right. So it's a historically white neighborhood that the, the, yeah, the Bradens helped integrate, right? About that. The black <laughs> was not allowed to be here. Yeah. So currently, right now, it is very diverse and the uh, population is more so predominantly black homeowners. So right. Shively right now is the city in Louisville that's predominantly black homeowners. Yeah. Wow. Excellent. How big is Shively? Does anybody know? Well, right now, uh, if I'm not mistaken, we have maybe about 22, maybe 23,000 people. Wow. That live here. Yes. Wow. That's excellent. And you all have your own city hall, which is where this farmer's market is, right? Yes, we have our own city hall. And also, uh, Andrew is with the library there in Shavely as well, which is connected to our city hall. Yes. Tell me more about that. Is it, it's all in one building, and, and is the library part of the Louisville Free Public Library system, or is it independent? We are one of the 17 branches now of the Louisville Free Public Library. Wow. <laughs> I think we were actually included in that system in 1963 or 1959, somewhere around there. But yeah, we share the same space. We actually hold a lot of our larger programs in the meeting space where city council takes place. And so the farmer's market and artisan's market is now every other Saturday from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. And, and does it take place inside the building or outside or...? takes place outside the building, sort of around the walking path and, and near the fountain and near the tennis courts. So we're in the park. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's in the park, right? And what if it rains on one of these alternate Saturdays? What happens? <laughs> we playing in the rain. We're going to sing the song and everything. So come on out with your umbrellas and your rain boots. All right. <laughs> You heard it here first on Forward Radio. It's rain or shine every other Saturday. Uh, and you all just started a week ago, right? Tell me about the opening, grand opening that happened uh, on, was it August 7th? August 7th was our grand opening. And, and this has been in the making for several months. Andrew and I actually met via email during the pandemic. It was around February, was it February, March? And then we just started chatting it up. And I felt like, I was like, man, this guy is so dope. And I have to keep talking to him. I don't know if this is going to be awkward or not for him, but I'm just going to keep reaching out. And luckily I did. And we just kind of hit it off. And man, when he started uh, mentioned getting fresh food and vegetables and growing food that, you know, that's my sweet spot. So I was like, yes, I have to know this guy and I have to stay in contact with him. And one thing led to another. He's also the manager for the Shively Library Community Garden. Ooh, and so I've been working with that, him yeah. to revitalize that. Um, we're very grateful to have received a grant from uh, Louisville Grows 
to help with that process. And, and so he's incredibly like just dedicated and I'm so grateful to have him as a partner in crime. <laughs> <laughs> and then that led to the vision for the market. And so August 7th was our grand opening. We had about 15 vendors there. And as far as I know, uh, that's the biggest market we've ever had since, you know, the community has tried to put one on. And so I'm very excited about that success. And it seemed like people really enjoyed themselves and the vendors really enjoyed themselves. And we just had a great, the, we couldn't have asked for better weather. It was cool. It was breezy and cloudy a little bit, but then it, the sun popped out right at the end. But it was incredible. No fires to put out. It just went as smooth as <laughs> like we could just, you know, it was a dream. It really was. It was gorgeous. That's good. And, so and, so yeah. you all had customers. This isn't like, ooh, we're yeah. going to have to go out and knock on doors to get people to show up. No, no. <laughs> people showed. It was, it was incredible. So we're looking forward to the crowd again. Oh, that is great. And Chanel, can you tell me, did, did the city council have to approve this farmer's market? Or what was the city council's role? Yes, uh, yes, we did have to approve it. Like Ms. Marshall was saying a couple of years ago, we were trying to, you know, get the Shively market here in Shively, due to previously the Kroger's over in Southland Terrace being moved down the street. So we actually didn't really have a grocery store in the neighborhood anymore. So as far as the city council and the mayor, yes, we were much in favor and much appreciative that Ms. Marshall and Andrew stepped up in the community and the ideals and just the transformation that they bought to this farmer's market. Yes, it's, it's a plus. It's a plus. It brings the residents together and the community together. Yeah, so it sounds like Shively suffered the same problem that downtown Louisville has with, with grocery stores closing and, and people really having to travel far. And I'm sure there's folks with limited mobility, limited transportation. Uh, and so it sounds like this market really can help fill a need yes. for people, not just be a fun thing to go to, right? Yes. How, how far do y'all have to go to get to your nearest grocery store, I wonder? Yeah, about down Dixie, right? Yeah. The area. So with all the lights, you know, maybe eight, nine minutes away. But just think about those people. That's in a car. Right. Think about the folks that are using their mobile wheelchairs mm -hmm. to get to the grocery and have to wait on, you know, Tark 3 to come pick them up. That's easily a three-hour wait. Mm. And then you get there and then you have to wait at least 45 minutes maybe to get a ride back home. So, I mean, I just, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And, you know, there was actually a save a lot as well on Cane Run Road, which is out of the city limits, but it was closer to our home, but that closed. So yeah, it's farmer's market or no farmer's market. You know, we have to, it's, it's a community coming together or we don't, you know, to figure this out. So I'm excited about the opportunity. And I imagine, too, like if there is food locally, it's it's a dollar store or like a corner store. And it's really hard to find that that fresh produce that is so key to a healthy population. Right. Yeah, definitely. I'm so sick of seeing <laughs> if I may say uh, I, I, if they put up another Dollar Tree, I'm going to scream. I'm going to I'm going to flip over some tables. Do you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Um, I can't even believe it works as to put up another one. Like who's going but in My there? goodness, you cannot buy a, a watermelon. You cannot buy yeah. a fresh bag of lettuce. You cannot buy cucumber or green pepper. What are we doing to our yeah. community when we keep putting these stores up? The mm. liquor stores have calmed down, which is good, but they've been replaced with something just as predatory mm. 
as the family dollars and dollar trees and mm. dollar generals. So, mm. yeah. And what about affordability at the farmer's market? I think a lot of people, when they think about a farmer's market, they think, oh, that's kind of elite. Stuff will be too pricey there. It's not really for your average person. Is is that true at the Shively market? Or, or is there anything you do in terms of being able to accept SNAP and WIC and that kind of stuff? So we're in the process of applying to qualify to accept those things. Yeah. Um, not only SNAP. Uh, or EBT, but also the Senior Nutritious Healthy yeah. Food Program. Um, I forget the acronym. <laughs> and through that, there's like a process through the Kentucky Department of Agriculture that you have to go through to qualify to accept those things and training and certifications. So yeah. we are in the process of that. It doesn't look like it'll happen this season because of registration deadlines, but we're really hopeful for next season, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And and what about um, forms of payment? That can be another issue too. Is it cash only or what's it look like at the Shively market? It largely depends on the vendor, but I've found most folks have taken credit or debit, Venmo, Cash App, cash, of course, um, but they're all pretty accessible. Yeah, that's good. That's important. Um, and then People don't just need food, right? They, <laughs> they need other things, and you can you can get it at this market, which is a farmers and artisans market, right? So, tell us a little bit more about sort of the full spectrum of things you'll find. Yeah, we we really wanted it to like mimic our community. So uh, we have, I mean, foodies out of this world, right? That have delicious, make delicious, incredibly savory, sweet. <laughs> Um, you know, everything that you can think of food. So we definitely have to have the food there. People love to go to a food truck or a tent or a booth and, and purchase that hot food. Um, there are packaged, prepackaged foods as well. The farmer's market is not allowing sampling this year oh. um, due to COVID. It's not really a restriction put on by public health. Is my uh, The health department is my understanding. But we want everybody to be safe and, and kind of do it that way. So the vendors that have food products and want to give out samples were told that they had to be prepackaged. So, and everybody's followed suit with that and everything went well. Uh, but, you know, so we got the cinnamon rolls, we got the barbecue, we got Ooh. barbecue with a little bit of eth uh, ethnic twist to it. So, you know, you may experience some Caribbean barbecue, mm. um, you know, just all kinds of different things represented, but it's barbecue. Um, we had, what, cotton candy. We got people that are talking about snow cones and just all kinds of different foodie things. And then... Uh, we have the candle makers, mm. the homesteaders and farmers, right, with that fresh produce and cut flowers. Um, we had, what else we have? Perfumes. And and then um, as we are going into the season, more vendors are, are, you know, that are artists. So they've actually painted uh, things or built. We have some builders, crafters. Um, those type of things. So it's a little bit of everything. We wanted everybody to feel like they belong there um, as a vendor and as a community member. So we want to, we're trying to have a little bit of everything. 
We're talking today here on Sustainability Now about the new Shively Farmers and Artisans Market, which has just opened. It's only one week old, but get, mark your calendars for every other Saturday. Coming up this Saturday, August 21st, it's 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. down at Shively City Hall and Library, which is 3920 Dixie Highway. Uh, you've got to ride the Dixie Highway to get out there, but it's a it's a lovely spot once you get there. And uh, you can find more information about them both on Facebook and Instagram. You can find them at Shively Farmers Ampersand Artisans Market on Facebook and on Instagram. It's at Shively Farmers Market KY. Um, so I, you brought up COVID restrictions, and I'm wondering too if that's. I know a lot like the Gray Street Farmers Market here in downtown Louisville that hasn't happened now for a second year because of COVID. Uh, but you know. It seems like the the advice now is that outdoor events are, are a little safer. Uh, but are you taking any other precautions to keep people safe during COVID? Yes, definitely. So all the vendors are required to have um, all of their products uh, priced um, and, and displayed. Those prices have to be displayed displayed very legibly. So we're not having a lot of people touch on stuff and try yeah. to move it around to see what's what and that kind of thing. Um, the sampling, all the vendors have to have um, have to be packaged, prepackaged before they arrive. Um, they also have to have sanitizer at their stations. Mm. Um, the vendors do, and masks are not mandated. But like Andrew and I wear our masks the whole time. We just we just encourage everyone to um, strongly encourage everyone to do what they feel like they need to do to stay safe. Um, but we are outside and that's one of the reasons why uh, one of the reasons why we want to kind of keep it out there because, uh, according to the CDC, you know, it, that's a little bit safer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you all are going to run pretty late into the fall, right? You're going to go all the, almost all the way to Halloween with this thing. Yes. Yeah. Actually the day before Halloween, <laughs> we'll be there. And so we're, we're, uh, kind of conjuring up some fun activities for that <laughs> I can day. just imagine, so right? Tuned. Yeah. <laughs> and and what about the future? I mean, I'm, you're already mentioning like maybe what it might look like in next years. Um, I know some farmers markets even try and stay open in the in the colder weather. But what do y'all think about the future of this market? I know it's just getting started. Maybe a little early to ask, but uh, I surely you must have a vision. I think we do. I think mostly we want to be as accessible as we can. So we do want to accept those senior vouchers. We do want to accept EBT. We do want to accept pretty much all forms of payment. And part of that accessibility like also extends to our vendors. It's like we have very low vending fees because um, we want to encourage as many folks as possible to participate. Part of that too will be like registering with the KDA as a like an official farmer's market that's on the that's in the pipeline, which also qualifies us for accepting those vouchers and things. And we want to plan events, like monthly events. We mm. want to do big things and give back to the community, mm. uh, of which we're all a part of. And we're reaching out to a few different folks to get like graphics and things done for promotions and marketing. And you know, we always want to expand because we want to grow people's business as well as feed people. You know, growing food is growing communities. Like that's yeah. what we always talk about. So, yeah. Now, Chanel, I imagine you were there for the grand opening. Uh, did you come across anything that you were particularly excited to see at the market or maybe you didn't expect Chanel? Okay. Actually, no, I missed the, uh, oh, the no. grand opening. <laughs> yes, I did. I did. I missed the grand opening. Actually, 
I had took a vacation that week. Oh, that's all right. I, you, that's acceptable I excuse. I wasn't there. <laughs> I love I had did six weeks of summer school with the children. Oh. So when that six weeks was over, I needed a week's vacation. Uh, you're you're <laughs> excused, ma'am. So <laughs> is there anything you were looking forward to then this coming Believe. Saturday? Believe me, yes. <laughs> oh, you get it. And I would have to say but that, I did, but I did call. I did call about it. I called yes. Miss Marcia, and she informed me on the phone that everything was just wonderful. That it was a nice turnout. That people were coming by and was like surprised what was going on and was saying, "Oh, how can I get involved? Yeah. You know, when you guys going to be here the next time?" So, yes, I'm looking forward to the previous ones to come. All right. Look. Yeah, and she might not have been there on the grand opening day, but let me tell you, Miss Chanel Thompson put in the work before. Yeah. So, it wasn't just Andrew and I, but this was a partnership with City Hall, with City Council, and Miss Chanel Thompson was not the only one, but definitely our biggest supporter, our biggest cheerleader, <laughs> the entire process, right, <laughs> of us developing and planning. And I'm so grateful. Like, I tell her this all the time, and I know she's tired of hearing it, but I don't care. Um, but she is a beast, okay? And when, she, and she, when she's ready to do something, and she believes in something and believes in you. She gives everything she has, right? All the energy, like just everything. And I'm so, so grateful for your support, Chanel. I really am. So when I tell you she put in the work, she really did. Because really, this had to be a partnership yeah. uh, with with the city. Um, and um, it, was, it was vital. It was yeah. vital. And she saw that and understood that. And I'm so grateful that we were able to build a relationship with her. And of course, our, our Mayor Chester Burton as well. Um, she has been incredibly supportive. Um, the City Hall staff has been very forgiving and because <laughs> I'm learning how things go and you know sure. what the process is for presenting to the city council and all those kind of things. Um and but uh they have all we've all kind of worked together. So I'm I'm very grateful. Well, no, and I'm glad you you pointed that out, Letitia, because I, I think from a consumer's perspective, it's easy to think that a farmer's market is the simplest thing in the world. You don't, there's no bricks and mortar, so what do you got to do, right? You just like tell people when it's happening? No, like there's a lot of work that goes in to set this up. And I, I wonder if you could talk more about the process of like identifying your vendors. Uh, how did you find them and, and how did you well, get it all yeah, set up? I, it is a lot of work. I mean, it's, it's kind of like a party. You want to put on a party? Yeah. <laughs> you have to find the people that want to come. You have to tell people about it, but you have to gather everything else up, get people in place to make it happen. No doubt. And so it, I mean, it really was um, a huge planning process and tons of conversations after conversations after conversations. Um, and uh, regarding the city, just really trying to get their buy-in, mm. right? And it didn't take much. It really didn't. Um, uh, Chanel explained that earlier, but we, you have to get the buy-in of the people. This, um, There were some concerns from the community that uh, the market was just going to be the same old, same old. And um, as a patron of the former market, I felt like it, um, you know, Whoever, I don't know, I can't remember who's in charge, and it doesn't really matter, but 
you know, you just try to do the best that you can. And um, and so I had to go to some community members that Shively members have uh, called SOY. I do believe it's an acronym. What it stands for. But Chanel is actually one of the founding members of SOY. And this is before she joined city council. Oh. Um, so she was already involved in the community. Um, and uh, went to that meeting and these folks had tons of questions, high expectations, <laughs> right? Uh, because they want to see Shively thrive. And so I really had to say, hey, I'm here with you. I'm a resident of Shively. I want to see Shively thrive. I want Shively to be put on the map. I want to draw people here because we have something to offer. And so let's just start here. Y'all come on out. Tell me what you think. I want to know because this isn't just about what we think it should be. This is about, you know, meeting a need in the mm. community. So if there's something else that needs to be there or something else that doesn't need to be there, then tell us because we have to make this fit what we need as a community. It really does take a village. And so there can't be, you know, all chiefs in the village, yeah. right? Uh, we we have to work together to make this happen. And that's really what happened. Um, as far as the vendors are concerned, I just put it out on Facebook. Hey, if we had a if we had a market in Shively, who would come um, looking for people and just boom, boom, boom. Everybody wow. was eating it up, right? And uh, we had over 100 inquiries, wow. I think. Um, and so we were in those dwindled down, of course, you know. Um, those are the numbers when people, when the application finally came out in the guidelines for the market, Yeah, you know, you have to, but we had to go through that. We had to find, figure out what, what do we want? What do we want it to look like? Um, are we going to make rules for the market? Mm. Are we going to have guidelines? Mm. Um, cause we want, really want to not only provide for the needs of the community, but we want these businesses to thrive. A lot of the businesses started out of the pandemic is what we've learned. A oh, lot really? of our businesses said, we've got to do something else to support our families. And so that's incredible to me because I was one of those people, right? Uh, my business started out of the pandemic. And, um, and so like give them a platform so that they can grow their businesses. Um, and then we're trying to do other things, Andrew and I, to promote uh, the growth of businesses in Shively to get more businesses to come to Shively too. So, um, you know, we just had recently a Q and a session with the uh, health department about food permitting. So mm. if you want to sell food, hot food, packaged food, whatever, what type of permits do you need to have? Um, and so, uh, yeah, we're just trying to build, we're trying to build here, not just have fun. Fun is part of it. But we want our vendors to make money. We want our community to have what they need. That's a fantastic point. And, and maybe this is a good time to share the contact information for the market since uh, Letitia was talking about, uh, you know, if you if you see something that you'd like or you don't want to have, this is the time to let them know. Or if your vendor would like to participate, you can contact them at shivelyfarmersmarketky at gmail.com or call 502-449-5000. And again, they also can find them on Facebook and Instagram. I'll put uh, links to that in the show notes for this program, which you can find at forwardradio.org. Um, Andrew, I want to learn more about um, the library's role. I mean, obviously, this is hosted sort of adjacent to the library, but is there more to it than that? Uh, I thought the libraries were a place for books, not vegetables. 
the libraries are about far more than books. <laughs> um, yeah, it's <laughs> any like council meeting. Like we'll show like how much we argue for more funding. Oh my god, rest of the services we provide our uh, books is like maybe uh, an eighth of it. Like it's a place for community. So my role in the library is the teen, adult, and immigration services. So I create programming for folks to come together. We do adult drawing studios, creative writing workshops. We do building workshops with teens. We haven't done these in a while because of COVID. Mm. And as of 2019, we became the official Shively Library Community Garden. Um, and that sort of runs with volunteers and myself specifically, well, and especially Letitia. <laughs> And that took a lot of planning because there is a dearth of services, social services in Shibley. You know, it's not just groceries that we're lacking. Mm. And the library's role is large. It's like we serve around, but before the pandemic, we served about 140,000 patrons a year. That's in Shibley. Whoa. And the zip code whose you know, population is 15,000. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of it is computer services. That's what we do. Computer services and programming. And a lot of folks don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> so we kind of help bridge that gap there for like information literacy. And literacy, is, as we know, is one of the determining factors in life expectancy. So there's, uh, I could go on about the library all day. Uh, let me let me cut back. The garden actually developed between a former colleague and I. He loved to grow food and cook. And we're like, we have this space. Let's talk to City Hall. Let's, let's make a garden. So we did a few years ago. And then... And with the help of Global Grows, we actually received their community garden grant twice now, once in 2019 and then again this year. So we, we went from like two beds of herbs and like a few vegetables to now there's six raised beds and we've tilled in the ground and you can see us on the side of City Hall. Wow. <laughs> and is it the kind of garden where I keep my own plot or is it more communal? It is far more communal. I like it. <laughs> right. But I mean, like anybody can walk on by and just like, grab what you want, grab what you need. Love um, it. Come have a conversation. We have so many conversations. Like I'll tell like my colleagues, like, okay, I'm going to go out to the garden for a few minutes. And then it's like 45 minutes later, like, sorry, yeah. someone yeah. like, was walking their dog and they're like, oh, what are you growing? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No doubt. And, and how could people get involved? Are there classes out there about gardening or work day, regular work days or anything like that? It's in the works. COVID has really yeah. <laughs> complicated things. So we're trying to like figure out how we want to navigate that for the moment. But largely, you can call the library, ask for me, and we'll figure out where um, what we can do. <laughs> I love it. Small town feel. Small town Shively. We're talking today right. about the Shively Farmers and Artisans Market, which takes place now every other Saturday. It just opened last week, and it's now open every other Saturdays throughout the end of October. So come on out this coming Saturday, August 21st, and then September 4th and 18th. And in October, they'll be open on the 2nd, 16th, and the day before Halloween. You can learn more about them at Shively Farmers Ampersand Artisans market on facebook or on instagram at shively farmers market ky it's 9 a.m to 1 p.m at shively city hall and library uh 3920 dixie highway
Uh, so I'm speaking today with three folks who help run the market and, and Chanel Thompson from Shively City Council, who was a beast behind getting it started for sure. But also Letitia Marshall and Andrew Goodman uh, are, are the market managers. Uh, and I wonder if you could all share your thoughts with me about um, how this market has really impacted unity in the community of Shively. Um, it, it sounds like it's obvious, like coming together of the community, but to tell our listeners a little bit more about about that and why that's needed. Yeah, I think, well, Mayor Chester Burton has the past several months has put a huge emphasis on unity in the community and, and it's, you know, kind of putting her foot down here, you know, mm. and, and, and demanding that there are some things that we need to change and working toward those changes. And the first part of doing that, though, is acknowledging history and you know the past but moving forward in the present and so the wade brighton peace park um has been one of those initiatives and we're excited to see what comes of that wow. and we 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 are ex even more excited about the possibilities don't know what it's going to look like yet i don't know what the blueprint is but we are trying to get them to uh, allow us to expand our community garden to that park as well and again, just trying to reiterate over and over and over again that it really does take the people coming together. We have to agree on something mm -hmm. in order for us to thrive and to be the best that we can be. And I do believe that we can do that and that it is being done. Mm -hmm. um, and so so let's like not just talk about it, but show people that we're doing it. And so uh, the community garden, the Peace Park, the farmer's market, I feel like is all doing that. So we can only go you know, forward from here and really continue to keep that in the forefront of our mind that we have to work together in order to have a better, a better life for ourselves, our families, and definitely a more thriving community. Mm. And Chanel, can, do you know more about the Wade Braden Peace Park and the plans and how that's come about? I mean, are people in Shively aware of this, of this history and in need of, of healing from the segregation? Okay, um, you'd be surprised. A lot of people don't even know about it. Mm. A lot of people don't even know uh, what happened. And when you discuss it now, you have a lot of people saying, what? When did that happen? You know, where was I at? And, you know, it's, it's like anything else. Um, when I was speaking to the mayor about it, I say, either you're going to wake up the dead, are you going to make awareness of those who don't know? Mm. And, and, that's, and that's what has happened. But I heard nothing but good from it. I haven't heard any type of negativity about it or anything. But as far as the park itself and where it's coming along, only the mayor kind of right now knows exactly what's moving forward. We know a little bit, but I don't really want to say too much. I would like for her to address as far as what the park is going to look like. But I know currently right now that, like Letitia was saying, as far as being a garden, if anybody wants to either like donate a bench or a stone or anything like that, we're open to that. Is it's not open to shabby residents, but for anyone who wants to get involved in the growth of the way in Brighton Peace Park. Another thing that it also did is that with the Wade family, it was an opportunity for them to speak about the history, how it affected their family. Yeah. And also with the Bradens, 
they were unable to be there for the groundbreaking, but they sent their attorney who represented them back then. So that ground opening, I mean, it just brought up a lot of people from the, the governor, you know, the mayor representatives. I mean, a lot of people had a lot to say about what happened there, but also a lot of people were educated about what they didn't know that happened there. So I think like Letitia said, right now we are a community that's moving forward. We are a community that's working together and we are a community that is diversified and it's showing and we are truly representing Shively. Mm. And just so it can get clear in my mind, is this Peace Park on the location of the Wade family home or somewhere else? Uh, well, no, 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 sir. It's actually... Let me get my streets together. It's actually <laughs> right there on Crumbs Lane. Okay. And the intersection street is. Can you guys help me out, Andrew, uh, Miss Marsha? I can't. What's the intersection street right there? Hartledge or Burrell? Or Burrell. It's Hartledge. Hartledge. It's Hartledge. And Crumbs Lane. Okay. So, so Justin, right there, if you're on Kane Run, I mean, if you're on Crumbs Lane, and you're coming from Kane Run. And you're on Cane Run and Hartledge. It's going to be right there to your right. Mm, it's going to okay. be right behind the strip mall. There's a strip mall there. So on that back street, it's exactly where the house is. Oh, all right. All so right. So currently right now, we have signs. So if you want to come and tour or anything, we have signs that says the Way and Brighton Peace Park signs. We have them up on the original street signs that direct you to where the actual location is. Oh, great. So you can come from Cane Run up to Crumbs. You can come from Guards Lane off of Dixie Highway, and the signs will lead you. They are yellow, and you will see them up on uh, the actual street signs above, and it leads you to the pathway to show you where the house is. Excellent. Thank you, Chanel, for clearing that up. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're getting towards the last five minutes of our show, and I'm and wondering, in, in talking, too, about the, the future of the market uh, and the future of Shively in general, um, you know, these American Rescue Plan uh, funds are now being distributed out to communities like Shively. I saw in the paper that Shively was going to receive something like $4 million. Uh, and And I wonder if uh, what the thinking of how those funds are going to be used and, and if they might be invested in the local food system or helping out the market or anything like that? Maybe it's too early to say, but do y'all have opinions about that? Maybe is what I should be asking. <laughs> well, definitely. I My hope is that Louisville as a whole understands the significance and the impact that they can make allocating funds to invest in the local food system. And there are groups, uh, organizations, coalitions, I'm a, a part of some of those that are ready to receive those funds, have an action plan, and we're ready to commit, I mean, to do whatever we have to do to receive those funds and work together to really uh, revolutionize, really, the food system here in Louisville because it needs it. And if it's ignored by Louisville Metro government and all the powers that be, shame on them. You know, I really feel like if you want to address all, and I've, I've seen some of the things that they plan to address, you know, the neighborhoods and, and families that have been impacted by COVID, um, businesses that have been impacted by COVID. Of course, there's, there's a ton of money that, that they hope to allocate to the growth of downtown Louisville. 
but I really, really hope that they work with the community and community members and organizations to invest in the local food system. It, it has to happen. Oh, yeah, no doubt, Letitia. You're so right. And, and I want to highlight for our listeners the vendors that they can check out if they come out this Saturday, August 21st. Uh, again, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. out at Shively City Hall on Dixie Highway. Uh, and if any of y'all want to say anything more about these vendors as I read them off, please interrupt me and, and talk about them. Because I've never heard of Empowerment Farms, but I'm excited. <laughs> Letitia, you must know about these people. Yes, um, he is uh, incredible as well. met him during a garden chat that the Extension Office and the Urban Ag Coalition and work together to put that on and he is an, a microgreens farmer oh, he, microgreens. He also, yeah microgreens and, mm. and they were tasty very tasty he had sunflower radish and kale i think at the grand opening and then he also has tomatoes and things like that and whatever he didn't have um, he sent people over to other farmers ah. so that it kind of really worked. They were all working together like that. I, th I thought that was so cool. Nice. You know? It's not all about making the sale, right? Nice. It's, it's about really working together to meet the need of the community. So great. Yeah. And, and the food literacy project is going to be there, right? Uh, yes. ki kids growing food. Yes, kids growing food, and they actually did a summer camp at my farm this summer, oh, and we awesome. had an incredible time. Those kids know like more than I know, and so <laughs> it was it was really neat to learn from them. But yeah, they had garlic, they had cut flowers, they had peppers, tomatoes, all kinds of things. Awesome, and Black Market KY will be there, uh, mm -hmm. just opening up um, in on the West End uh, as yes. a, as a, as in a, another place suffering from food apartheid, right? Yes, uh, Black Market Kentucky. Um, the owner of that uh, grocery store in the West End is Chantrice Martin, and uh, so she sent her team out. They also grow food. Um, their first time this year ever growing food to grow, to sell in the store. Um, so we're very, very excited to have them. Yes, definitely. I want to highlight them. Uh, Raider Homestead uh, sounds like a, a, a farming business that in the area. Um, yes, uh, Raider Homestead. They will be bringing fresh eggs ooh. soon to the market, um, but they also raise goats and make uh, soap out of goat's milk. Oh, heck yeah. Uh, being together, sounds like there might be some honey available. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Awesome. Um, there is a young man in the West End by the name of Keith, and he grows and uh, farms bees. And so we're incredibly excited to have him there. Yes. Um, just going to high school and, um, you know, has this huge bee farm um, and wrote a book uh, mm. uh, about it as well on how the bees have helped him with his mental health. And so we're really excited to have him there. Awesome. And then there'll be several places with uh, prepared food. Mabo Grillin will be there. Owl's Smoked Barbecue. Uh, Sweets Blizzard Cafe. Uh, you mentioned the cotton candy. Give me some sugar signature cotton candy. We'll be there. Uh, Luminary Comedy. What is that? Uh, Luminary is baked goods. That, so they cook oh, okay. hot, fresh cinnamon rolls uh, at the market. And they had some other baked uh, goods as well. But we were really excited to smell that fresh cinnamon roll. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> they sold out of cinnamon rolls so quickly. Yes. <laughs> like first thing in the morning, everyone's like lining up like, okay. Yeah. <laughs>
Awesome. Uh, and you mentioned that the JJ's Luxury Lip Gloss will be there. Lots of knots, handmade, uh, Dream and Bling, Ascend, Fitz Four Queens Boutique, and Ollie's Rubs and Spices, uh, Amer Americal Ale Stand, AOE Stand. I don't know what that is. Uh, so much more. There's going to be a lot of things available from 9 a.m. to uh, to 12, uh, oh, 1 p.m., I'm sorry. Uh, and that is at Shively Farmers and Artisans Market, uh, Shively City Hall uh, and Library at 3920 Dixie Highway. And uh, it will be every other Saturday through the end of October. So y'all want to check them out and learn more on Facebook and Instagram. And I just want to thank you all so much for taking the time for joining me today here on Sustainability Now. It's been such a pleasure to get to know you. Chanel Thompson, who's on City Council in Shively. Uh, thanks for being a powerhouse behind this. Uh, thank you to our market gardeners, Letitia Marshall and Andrew Goodman. Uh, I'm sure you all can meet them if you like in person at the market. Is that right? Come on out. Definitely. We will be there. <laughs> all right. Thank you all so much. And stay tuned, everyone. Coming up in just a minute, your community action calendar with all kinds of ideas for how to get engaged in sustainability this week. So stay tuned, my friends. Just a little bit of love. 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 No me cierre la puerta. No me cierre la puerta de tu no me cierre la puerta No me cierre la puerta de tu corazón The only thing that I want is the little bit of love From your heart to my soul In the morning and night In the bus and the car With the sun and the sky With the moon and the stars Just a little bit of love Just a little bit of love And we're back here on Sustainability Now with me, Justin Mogg, here on Forward Radio. Let's take a look at our community action calendar, my friends. Sustainability does not happen fast, but time is a-wasted. And this is the week to take action to build a more sustainable future. The longer we delay action, the worse it's going to be. So together, let's take action this week, and there are many ways to do so. Coming up Tuesday, August 17th at 9 a.m., there is going to be a hearing at the Public Service Commission on LG&E and Kentucky Utilities net metering proposal. The PSC is holding a Another hearing on the proposed changes to LG&E and KU's net metering rates. We expect this will be a tougher hearing than the previous Kentucky Power case, so we need all the support we can get. Written comments can be submitted and oral comments will be heard at the beginning of the August 17th hearing, which starts at 9 a.m. To sign up for an oral comment, email psc.info at ky.gov with your contact information to get further instructions. And of course, written comments can be sent to psc.info 
info at ky.gov. Please include your name, phone number, and address in your comment. And the case number needs to be included in the subject line. And the case number for LG&E's case about net metering, which is threatening rooftop solar here in Kentucky, that case number is 2020-00350. So you can email psc.info at ky.gov with your comments referencing case number 2020-00350. Now, Tuesdays are also the virtual wild and scenic Red River Fest through August 31st at 6 p.m. on Zoom. The Kentucky Waterways Alliance invites you to join them. Hosted by KWA's Red River Watershed Coordinator, Laura Gregory, you can join from anywhere as KWA presents this fourth annual Red River Fest with fun and informational topics about Red River, Kentucky. So on August 17th at 6 p.m., it's the Red River, a hot spot for fish diversity, presented by Moorhead State University's David and Lynn Eisenhower. On the 24th, it will be botanizing and plant conservation in the Red River watershed, and it wraps up on the 31st with caring for your household septic system. This is a free, family-friendly event. You can register at kwalliance.org to join this Tuesday at 6 p.m. Also on Tuesday via Zoom at 7 p.m., Greater Louisville Sierra Club is presenting Cindy Sullivan from Trees Louisville. They're a proud Forward Radio community partner, and they invite you to join their monthly program to hear from this special guest for a program focusing on the state of Metro Louisville's urban tree canopy. We'll learn about where we are, where we're headed, and what we can do to protect and grow Louisville's tree canopy. Cindy Sullivan is executive director of Trees Louisville. Her career spans more than 35 years, including horticulture and agronomy research, government services, environmental consulting, media, and nonprofit work. For the past 25 years, Cindy has hosted both daily television and radio programs focused on horticulture, environmental, and lifestyle issues. She's a certified arborist and tree risk assessment qualified by the International Society of Arboriculture. Sierra Club programs are always free and open to the public. You can learn more from Cindy. This Tuesday, the 17th at 7 p.m., register at tinyurl.com slash treeslouie, L-O-U-I-S, or you can go to facebook.com slash Louisville Sierra Club. Now, coming up on Thursday, I want to invite you all out to the University of Louisville. Students are moving back to campus, and we're having some great sustainability-related Welcome Week events that are open to everyone. This Thursday, the 19th at 3 p.m., we invite you to our Garden Commons. It's located at the southwest corner of Strickler Hall, just behind the Speed Art Museum parking garage. And we are having a salsa harvest party. Stop by UofL's organic student-run Garden Commons to sample some of the delicious fresh produce we've grown together over this summer and discover how you can get involved and learn to grow your own food right on campus right here in the heart of our city it's sponsored by the uofl sustainability council and you can learn more at louisville.edu slash sustainability also on thursday the 19th at 5 30 p.m there is going to be a huge seal the deal rally for climate care jobs and justice it is over at the union hall of 
NCFO and SEIU. That's at 4100 Churchman Avenue, just south of the Waterson between Taylor Boulevard and Dixie Highway on Thursday at 5.30 p.m. After a year and a half of some of the most challenging crises of our lives, we have a once-in-a-generation opportunity to win big and bold investments in climate solutions, care workers, jobs, and justice. During August recess, Congress will be negotiating the next big infrastructure package with trillions of dollars at stake. If our movement doesn't act in this critical time, we could see major cuts to investments that we have been fighting for for months. So the Kentuckians for the Commonwealth is gearing up for a nationwide day of action on August 19th to turn up the heat with the Green New Deal Network. Join us on this National Day of Action as thousands of people call on our members of Congress to seal the deal and pass the biggest and boldest climate and care infrastructure bill in history. We can fund climate solutions, grow the care economy, fight inequality, and create green jobs. This is an outside, socially distanced event with free food, great speakers, and meaningful actions you can take. And you can RSVP, if you like, at bit.ly, B-I-T slash climate rally, Lou, L-O-U, or just show up at the Union Hall this Thursday, the 19th, 5.30 p.m. at 4100 Churchman Avenue, just south of the Waterson between Taylor Boulevard and Dixie Highway. And a reminder, as you just heard in our great interview, the second ever Shively Farmers and Artisans Market is coming up this Saturday, August 21st from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Shively City Hall and Library, 3920 Dixie Highway. It'll be every other Saturday through the end of October. And you can find more information about it on Instagram.com or Facebook.com slash Shively Farmers Market KY. Also on Saturday at 10 a.m. online, it's the next and final Kentucky Environmental Leadership Institute advocating for environmental change. The Kentucky Resources Council is proud to present this institute and workshop for beginner environmental activists. This is the last in the series of sessions for community members who want to broaden their understanding of environmental justice and learn more about how to protect the places they live and love. This third session will be advocating for environmental change and will introduce you to Kentuckians who've been at the forefront of fighting for environmental justice. You can hear their real-life experiences of the lows and highs of environmental advocacy in action and learn from their stories about how you can kick off your own environmental protection work. There'll be three speakers. Mark Morgan, an attorney who's been involved in numerous environmental cases at both the state and national level. Mark will discuss recent successful efforts to prevent placement of a large $5 billion hazardous liquids pipeline through our state. Cassa Heron is an abolitionist, a community organizer, urban planner, and writer. A proud Kentuckian, she's spent the past two decades working to transition the state's agriculture and energy economies from extractive to local and community-owned cooperative economies that advance equity and justice. As co-founder and president of the Louisville Association for Community Economics, Cassa is leading efforts to open the Louisville Community Grocery and support the start of other cooperatively owned businesses. Cassa's a graduate of UofL and holds a master's in urban planning from the University of Michigan, and she's now working on her first book project. I'll have to get her back in the studio soon. Chris Schimmler is an environmental activist in Kentucky who grew up poor and lives in an off-the-grid house in the woods. She's been involved in numerous campaigns, including fights to stop hydroelectric dams in India, commercial logging on the Daniel Boone, hazardous liquids pipelines across Kentucky, and industrial development in Frankfurt. 
effort. She helped found three organizations that work to protect the integrity and beauty of the natural world, Kentucky Heartwood, Woods and Waters Land Trust, and Envision Franklin County. You can meet all of these fine, fine people on Saturday at 10 a.m. on the 21st online. It's free. It's go to kyrc.org to register today. That's kyrc.org and register for Saturday's uh, Kentucky Environmental Leadership Institute. Uh, also want to invite you back to the University of Louisville campus for another great Welcome Week event. It's an annual sustainable Louisville bike tour that I lead. It takes about two hours and we'll be departing on Saturday the 21st at 2 p.m. right outside the Student Rec Center there on 4th Street. You can take this fun afternoon bike ride with me and the UofL Sustainability Council to explore our community through the lens of environmental stewardship and social justice. If you don't have a bike, you you can check one out from the SRC through the UofL Bike Share program or take a free spin on Lou Velo for the day. More information is at louisville.edu slash sustainability, but I'd love to see you this Saturday at 2 p.m. outside the Student Rec Center. Also on Saturdays at 2 to 3.30 p.m. at various locations around Kentucky and online, it's tenant organizing training, collectivizing our struggles. I'll have more information about this series on next week's program, and it is in collaboration with tenant-led organizations across the state. Kentucky Tenants is a project of Root Cause Research Center, and it launched this tenant organizing training series on August 7th with trainings hosted in various locations around Kentucky with options to call or zoom in on Saturdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. It's hosted by the Bowling Green Anti-Eviction Network, Lexington Housing Justice Collective, Lexington Tenants Unit Project, uh, and Madison County Tenants Unit, Mama Bears of Beecher, Root Cause Research Center, and Rowan County Listening Project. Tenants will learn about tenants' rights in Kentucky, what better housing systems could look like, how to research your landlord, launch a campaign, plan a protest, grow a movement and so much more and it continues through december 18th but this august 21st it's people over profit understanding the current housing system and it is located in here here in louisville to learn more and register to participate go to rootcauseresearch.org slash tenant training and lastly, want to let you know that Sunday, August 22nd at 3 p.m., the Earth and Spirit Center is having a community festival from 3 to 6 at 1924 Newburgh Road. You can join us as we celebrate the return to in-person Earth and Spirit Center community events. They can't wait to reconnect with old friends, introduce new friends to the mission, and gather around our purpose of nurturing spirit, society, and soil. It's an opportunity for a delayed celebration of the opening of the Cosmic Journey Trail and their 15-year anniversary both of which happened last year when we were unable to gather together. Activities will include mindfulness and medi med meditation mini workshops, guided hikes to explore the 27-acre campus of trails, gardens, wetlands, and forest, an official ribbon cutting at the Cosmic Journey Trail and art installation, uh, compassionate action and social justice in our community roundtable discussions, storytelling booth to share your Earth and Spirit story or stories of compassionate acts, and an ice cream social. You can enjoy live music and lift your voice in a sing-along under the gorgeous shady trees. This event is free and open to everyone.
everyone. Registration is required for planning purposes and to ensure you receive important details. Go to register at earthandspiritcenter.org. It's Sunday, August 22nd, 3 to 6 p.m. at 1924 Newburgh Road, earthandspiritcenter.org. And that's all the time we have for today here on Sustainability Now. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'll be back in your ears again in one week's time, my friends. Be well. Set me 